Hello, and welcome to the Imposter Syndrome Files. I am so glad you're joining us. My name is Kim Menninger, and as a women's leadership coach and a lifelong sufferer of imposter syndrome, this topic is really important to me. I have heard so many imposter syndrome stories from the women around me. The crippling self-doubt, the feelings of being a fraud, the fear of speaking up, the disconnect from others. I've also heard the inspiring ways in which women have managed these feelings, the ways in which they've stood up to self-doubt, sought out support, and come through on the other side. I started this podcast because I want to share these stories with you. Too many of us suffer in silence. We feel alone and ashamed of our feelings, which makes them even more powerful. I wanted to create a space where women could share their experiences and release the burden of what we often carry around as a deep, dark secret. I also wanted a place where everyone could hear from others and recognize, hey, I'm not alone. Imposter syndrome is a real thing, and there are steps that I can take to rise above it. I hope that as you listen, you'll find support and comfort in what you hear. And if you're feeling brave and motivated to do so, I hope you'll someday share your story with us. I'm very excited to be having this conversation with you today. Why don't we start by having you tell us a little bit about yourself? Okay, uh, Kim, uh, likewise, I am I'm excited to be here. Um, so my, my name is Keiko Munichka. I, um, so my professional background is I'm a chemist and I got my PhD from university from Washington. I did a postdoc on a couple different uh, national labs and I joined a company uh, in Silicon Valley to manage an R&D team. And last year I co-founded a company called High RI Optics and I serve as an CEO at the moment. And I also uh, co-founder of Daisuke Coaching uh, to support professional as well as personal goals of men and women, uh, women and men, and particularly in the technology, science and medicine field because that's my uh, that's my people. Hmm. And that's uh, that's my uh, one paragraph background professionally mostly. Thank you. You must be very busy with both of those endeavors. <laughs> busy, but it, it just makes me alive uh, to do things. Uh, th- these are my passions, so I'm very happy. That's great, and. So, as you know, we're going to be talking today about imposter syndrome, and I'm curious, what does imposter syndrome mean to you? What comes up for you when you hear that term, and how, if at all, has it affected you as you've been advancing your career and venturing out in these new directions? Um, Imposter syndrome, to me, that immediately comes up to me is self-doubt and that I have been doing this for a long time. Um, I have been just, I have had so many rough spots in my career because of my imposter syndrome. And oh, y- you might think that, the, oh, she got an advanced degree, you know, she's, you know, R&D manager and doing her own company. But that's not what I see for myself. Um, I have always been, um, 
oh, am I good enough? Am I, oh, oh other people are doing more than I have. Um, those thoughts and uh, just really, really uh, um, made me, um, I don't know, doubt my ability. And also, it just really sucked. Uh, sometimes just the process of you know sometimes you hear about this enjoying the process I, but I never felt like I am enjoying the process I'm just always pushing something so I can go further yeah you are describing some pretty classic traits um, <laughs> as it relates to imposter syndrome that sense of never being enough, doing enough, right? Comparing ourselves to others and not feeling like we measure up. The interesting thing about imposter syndrome is that it really is most prevalent among high achievers. And I would certainly put you in that category given where you are right now. You're leading two different businesses. You do have an advanced degree, so you've challenged yourself in your education. Uh, it, it sounds funny when we talk about imposter syndrome in the context of high achievers because they're the people that we least expect to have self-doubt. But I think what's also true is that the high achievers are the ones who are constantly pushing themselves and stretching their comfort zones and challenging themselves. And so it's natural when you think about it that way that there would be more self-doubt when you are continuing to grow. Yeah, and then when you just said, oh, you're a high achiever, and then, you know, somewhere in my mind, it pops up, uh, not really, <laughs> already. <laughs> I was like, no, there's other people who have done better. Uh, you know, th those thoughts are always um, in my um, background somewhere. Mm, yeah, and I think that's another thing that we as women struggle with, too, is that we don't often see ourselves as special. We look around and we admire so many other people around us and we think, wow, look at what she's done, look at what he's done, but we don't see that in ourselves. Other people likely see that in us and are probably <laughs> comparing themselves to us and feeling like they don't measure up, but we don't see that when we look at our own experience. Right, and I, I think part of the reason is that we 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 are in it and it just when we are inside of it we don't see it from the outside mm, exactly you're right and is there any specific example that you can think of where you really felt like imposter syndrome came up for you got in your way you know just something that really characterizes your experience with imposter syndrome um, yeah, I when I uh, finished my uh, advanced degree and postdoc, and uh, I started uh, uh, took a role as a manager to manage a group uh, of about four people, and at that time I had no experience in management, and over that next two three years I felt every day the imposter syndrome was just. Uh, you know, squeezing myself out. Uh, it, it, it was a very difficult time for me. Uh, every day, some new new thing come up. Uh, my immediate uh, response was, oh, I've never done this before. I'm not experienced enough. Uh, you know, what do I know? Uh, I don't know these technical details enough to, oh my God, how can I manage these people uh, and bring the funds for salary and research? 
um, those I, it's not a one specific um, event, but the three year, it took me three years to uh, get through that, uh, I'll call it kind of like a really painful um, experience of every, oh, I almost felt like every day I was feeling some sort of an imposter syndrome. Mm. And it makes sense because it takes a while for you to go through that transition and reach a place where you're feeling like things have stabilized and yeah. you know what you're doing, right? So it's really painful, like you said, the journey to get there, but eventually we do mm-hmm. because our lives are full of these transition points. Right. Are often when we're in that moment, this feels so different and so overwhelming. But if we look back, we realize every new stage, everything that we learned was uncomfortable, scary at some point, and we got through it, right? So I think sometimes it's helpful just to keep that bigger picture perspective. Right. And at that time, I didn't have it. I just, I just knew that I had to go through it for my growth. And But every day, um, anything comes up, it, it was it was painful. <laughs> For sure. And let's talk a little bit more about that because you, when you just said that about you knew you had to go through it for your growth. Right. Interesting about this is you didn't let that self-doubt stop you, right? You endured that pain for an extended period of time. Mm-hmm. What was it that motivated you to keep pushing through it? And how were you addressing those feelings of self-doubt along the way? Um, I was, um, I, I, I knew that I had to do it because I, I look at it as a very unique opportunity for me that it was not a very traditional route for someone who, who finished school and other trainings to, uh, to be able to get an opportunity to manage a group. And it has the freedom to do um, a lot of freedom in terms of management, the project direction. And I I just had in my gut that this is a unique opportunity for me uh, that I, I, I wouldn't necessarily be able to get at other uh, traditional uh, company experience. So, that was the only thing that motivated me. And then I, all of a sudden I was responsible for uh, funding my uh, R&D group, uh, which meant that people depended on me uh, to bring in the salary, and including myself. So, so I almost in a way that the, I, I didn't have a way back. And I knew if I don't take this opportunity, I guess the third thing is that the, I, I didn't want to fail myself. I didn't want to quit. That, that was um, three motivation that the uh, one, I, I knew this was a very unique opportunity. The second one was other people relied on me. The third thing was I didn't want to fail. I didn't want to quit. So the, this combination of the three uh, got me through uh, this really painful experience. And that's one of the themes that I've been picking up on from these conversations that I've been having is that often it's the power of the goal, whether mm-hmm. like you're saying the opportunity or the not wanting to let yourself or others down. 
mm-hmm. outweighing the pain yeah. of experiencing these challenges that keeps you fighting through it. Yeah. And those three things I mentioned, um, just not taking advantage of these opportunities and letting other and myself down was more painful in a way than the going through uh, this pain of imposter syndrome. Uh, and of course, there are some, uh, you know, enjoyment uh, of doing my uh, actual work. So that also kept me uh, going. When you were going through the pain, were you consciously able to recognize it and intervene in any way? Did you have specific strategies or resources that you turn to to help manage some of that? Um, it's to reduce the pain. Like I, I had some uh, other like mentors that helped me uh, and my, my boss, um, although he, he wasn't particularly in the, uh, too involved with my with me every in the day to day, but he gives me the words of encouragement, and that that assured me that that it was less painful mm-hmm. than just having no other support. And but at the same time, I I, I knew I had to go through it. Um, I just had to go through it. So and looking back, that oh man. <laughs> I could have taken it easy a little bit more. (laughs) That's the beauty of hindsight, right? So we can look back and see, actually, it didn't need to be as hard as I made it. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, having the support of your uh, close friend, family, uh, significant others, and, you know, that that definitely eased the pain a little bit. But I, I, I knew it comes from me. I just knew it comes from my inside and I had to go through it and just figure things out what I want. Yeah, it sounds like that's kind of your hardwiring is to recognize that it's part of the process and to just get through it. Yeah, and I think it just uh, it, it also gives me some sort of a pleasure to go through it, although it's painful. But it's kind of it's a paradox of me getting pleasure out of this going through this experience, this painful experience. So I, I think I, in a way that maybe I'm wired to, maybe maybe some other women is also the same. Uh, uh, that having to go through that experience is also, uh, I don't know, I, I, I knew, I know that it's, uh, it is a growth for me and growing gives me a pleasure. Mm, that is something I've heard too, is that sense of accomplishment mm-hmm. that comes from knowing that you have pushed yourself, challenged yourself, grown, as you've said, mm-hmm. is really powerful. I think when things come really easy to us, we don't appreciate them as much. There isn't that same sense of right, right, having grown, like you said. Right. How would you say your experience with imposter syndrome has changed over time? Is this something that you actively deal with today? Is it something that ebbs and flows 
I, I definitely deal with it, and but I, uh, as I go through my, um, so one of the reasons why I do coaching is that the self development part uh, that also helps me to help other women mm. <laughs> and men uh, in this process, and it's not as much as before. It, it, it's I, I know how how to kind of put a pause to not go all the way spiral down uh, that I am going crazy in my head um, as I, I as I get older and as I do uh, more self-discovery and self-development books uh, and hearing other women oh okay I through I go through these experiences then I can step back when I start going crazy in my head <laughs> uh, with the imposter syndrome, I, I can put a pause on it and see and take a breath and, okay, I'm, I'm just going crazy in my head and it's not doing me anything good. So, so let's step back. Uh, now I can say that. I think that's an interesting point too, because since you and I are both coaches, we probably have similar experiences in that regard I have struggled with imposter syndrome on and off throughout my life. And I think helping other women manage mm-hmm. imposter syndrome has been the most effective way to help myself manage my own feelings of imposter syndrome. I think the more I understand this experience, where it comes from, how mm-hmm. to intervene, the resources that are available. Right. It has definitely made me feel more in control of this. Right, right. I, I think you you put it perfectly that, that when I'm um, speaking to other women and I can spot the signs so easily, that's because I do it to myself. Mm-hmm. And just being able to look at it in others and being able to help them through the process, I, I can also look at myself from a little bit further away, uh, bird's eye view and put a pause uh, more constructively than before. I'm just in it and swimming with it. Exactly. And and that's truly why I wanted to have this conversation in the first place is that I think when we are in that situation, we're so emotionally involved. It's hard to have perspective and it's easy to feel alone. Like, Mm -hmm only person who's feeling this way when in actuality we look around and people are going through this all around us we just don't talk about it right you know just having the ability to say it out loud I think often diffuses the power of the feelings as well right 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 absolutely if I like to ask this question of everybody if imposter syndrome were not an issue for you mm-hmm. and you had a hundred percent confidence a hundred percent of the time, what would be different for you? Is there anything that you would or would not do? Um, I think that I want to have that imposter syndrome a little bit in the manageable quantities. Um, the imposter syndrome def- definitely uh, had a gift to it and the gift were number one I, I really worked hard and uh, I 
I was more careful uh, in preparations and and maybe it was not I was not too confident and that that I didn't really pay attention to things. So so I there there are some gifts to that uh, imposter syndrome, although it's um, it's it's really annoying sometimes. Uh, <laughs> so, so I, I, I consider the like, imposter syndrome is as um, it's not a best friend that I want to be around all the time, but I, I want it's it's a friend that I, that I want to keep around, and so so it's I still want to have that fear of doing something new because that really I I, I know that's. Uh, for me, that, that it, it's the point that I, I need to stretch myself a little bit more uh, to go to the, the next level. Or, or mm, I love I, Yeah. I love that. And I actually wrote a blog post not that long ago about the gifts of imposter syndrome for the same, okay. in the same way that you're describing, which is imagine if we were in a state where everything came perfectly easily and naturally to us, how challenged would we feel? How interesting would life be if we weren't a little bit uncomfortable? Right? I, I think it's a great, it's a great gauge, especially if we are motivated by achievement to mm-hmm. assess whether we are ready for a new challenge if we're if we're not feeling imposter syndrome and that in our tendency is to feel it when we are outside of our comfort zone if we're feeling a little too comfortable then maybe it's a signal that it's time for a new challenge and if we are feeling imposter syndrome and we are able to be conscious and rational in how we process that experience mm-hmm. we can look at it and say to ourselves, congratulations, right? The reason we're feeling this way is because we took a risk, because we challenged ourselves, because we stepped outside of that comfort zone. So I love what you're saying, and I wholeheartedly agree with you. It's not the kind of thing that we want to nurture as a best friend, as you said, but (laughs) it's a good thing to have there just to keep us growing. Right, right, right. Yeah, and then I I think it took me years to come to that um, I don't know, uh, be at peace with this um, paradox <laughs> of good, good to have it, but you don't want it all the time. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So what motivated you to want to tell your story today? What is it that you hope people who are listening will take away from your story? Um, I, I think my number one was just to share the story that no matter what you think this person's achievement uh, for myself that, uh, you know, everybody experiences and imposter syndrome is actually, there is a really a gift to it and to help us uh, keep moving forward. And with that, you know, sense of pride, a sense of confidence that that comes after going through this uh, imposter syndrome is it's really a gift uh, to our lives, and and I, I just 
I think it's a great thing that uh, um, I was so excited to hear that you're doing this um, because we always talk about imposter syndrome, imposter syndrome, but, you know, we understand it intellectually, but when you really live through it uh, and hear others' story, then, oh yeah, then you, you see that, okay, other people are having it. So it's just, I think it's a great opportunity for, for me uh, to share my own story as well as to hear other people's story. Thank you so much. And I love what you said too about it when you were first talking about the experience that you've had of, you know, you on the surface, or this is my interpretation anyway, on the outside look like somebody who's a high achiever, but you've struggled with a lot of these feelings yourself. And so the tendency I think that we all have is to look at high achievers people who have been successful and assume that it was easy for them, that they have it all figured out and that we are somehow flawed. We haven't gotten there yet. And in reality, we simply don't know what somebody's internal struggle has been, what challenges they have faced in, t- in getting to where they are. And so sharing these stories really gives us an inside look and the ability to recognize that very few people get to where they're going without any pain, without any self-doubt. I think it's far more often that we do have these struggles and the more that we can shed light on them, the more that we can comfort other people in knowing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. I really, really appreciate your taking the time to share your story with us willing to be vulnerable for a a bit with, with the world. And I certainly have taken a lot away from this conversation. I'm sure others have as well. So thank you. And I hope you have a great rest of the day. Yeah. Thank you, Kim. (laughs) Thank you so much for listening today. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe and share it with other women who can benefit from this conversation. Before we go, I want to share some additional resources with you. If you struggle with this, with imposter syndrome and you want to manage it more effectively, I invite you to join my free imposter syndrome online challenge. Every day for seven days, you'll get an email with self-reflection questions and exercises to help you better understand your own experience with imposter syndrome and how to navigate it more effectively. To join the free challenge, visit executivecareersuccess.com slash imposter dash syndrome dash challenge. When you sign up, you'll immediately receive your first message. Also, if you're interested in joining a community of women who engage in candid conversations that generally aren't happening elsewhere, I invite you to join my leading women discussion group. On the first and third Thursday of every month at 12 p.m. Eastern, we meet virtually over Zoom to talk about questions or challenges related to career management, leadership development, and any other relevant topics such as imposter syndrome and confidence. It's always a great discussion with a great group of women. If you want to check it out, you're welcome to be my guest on a future call. Just reach out to me at kim at executivecareersuccess.com and I will share the call details with you. And if you want to join my newsletter to receive tips, insights, and updates, text leading women all one word to 66866 finally consider telling us your story 
Contact me to learn more about how you can be a guest on the Imposter Syndrome Files. Thanks again and have a wonderful day.